everybody and welcome to my podcast Esme's Country Life. Today I'm probably going to be mainly talking about my trip to Cornwall and learning to surf which was a surprise trip that my boyfriend organised and also about the Windsor Hall show which I've recently been to. There was also like a lot of things went wrong before we got to the hall show. I feel like it just kind of like went on and on we're like oh a lot of the bad things happened, a lot of the bad things happened but anyway before we start I just want to say a huge thank you to the title sponsor of the podcast Red Post Equestrian. So Red Post is an equestrian and country store that sell all over the world and ship worldwide so if you're in the US and you want to get your hands on the new like Lemure spring summer collection or if you realise oh no I've run out of plaiting bands and I've got a horse show coming up soon um, be sure to go to redpostequestrian.co.uk and yeah all of your equestrian and country needs so thank you Red Post for sponsoring. Anyway, starting off, I thought I'd talk to you about the drama before Windsor. So um, I went to Windsor for just the day. They very kindly um, invited me there to work. So I was doing lots of social posts and things. And um, luckily it's a hall show that I feel like it's close enough that we can own, we can go for the day, but it is a long day and a very intense like work day as well. So um, I got up that morning at 4am. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of 4am starts recently. It's like my new wake up time. I'm also one of those people, please say I'm not the only person that does this, but I find it easier waking up at 4am than I do waking up at like half five or six, even though that's like my normal waking up time, I'd say, well, more on the six end, but still. Anyway, I don't think it's because when I have like a big thing on the next day, like, oh, I've got a horse show, or oh, I'm leaving to go somewhere or something like that. I think my brain naturally is like, it, I don't have as deep of a sleep, especially nearing the morning. My brain's just like, I need to get up for this thing. I even had like, not a stress dream, but I had a dream that I missed my alarm and I didn't get up in time. And um, so anyway, the way that it kind of works now I've moved out of my parents' house is that my, depending on which way we go, sometimes I go and pick up my dad or sometimes my dad comes and picks up me to go to wherever we're going for work um, if we're filming away from home. But um, anyway, so he was like, okay, this is the time I'm picking you up. I think it was like 4.45. So I woke up at four to make sure I could do um, my hair and makeup and get changed, have some breakfast. Also, I'm one of those people, I have to eat first thing in the morning, like as soon as I get up, if not, I feel ill. Like even if I kind of like go back to sleep in the car, I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'll wake up in the car and I'll just feel violently ill. Like, I need to have something in my stomach. Even like, I also need to drink some water. I think I'm just... It, as soon as I'm awake, like, I need to break my fast. I need to have some food. But um, I had a brioche that morning. That was my little go-to snack. I always find, like, a bit of buttered toast. That's quite easy to get down your first thing in the morning or a banana. They're, like, my go-to kind of, like, early morning. I need to eat something breakfasts that are kind of easy and simple. Um, so I had my brioche got ready, got changed, probably took a little bit longer than I should to do my hair, so I was doing that. And I kind of looked, looked at my phone, looked at the clock on my watch and was like, wait a second, it's it's 4.45 and he is not here yet. And like, my dad is very punctual. So I was like, talking about punctual, <laughs> we'll get onto that. Um, no pun intended, but yeah, I was like, what's going on? Cause especially my house is not far away from where my parents are and where the horses are. I'm talking like, two kilometers, literally down the road, not far away at all. Um, and anyway, my dad rang me up being like, hey, um, I'm gonna be a little bit later because the car has got a puncture and I knew exactly which hole he got the puncture in because for some reason on my road, there's this one bit where there's kind of like, I was gonna say a stream, it's not even really a stream. Basically there's a ditch that overflows in the winter and also there are a lot of trees in that area on that 
bit of road on the corner and it just gets really wet and it's just wet all the time and in the winter it doesn't really dry out especially if it gets like frozen um and then thaws and anyway geography stuff there weathering but this road just gets really worn out and it's a little country lane that not many people drive on so also but it's very exciting that hole has now been filled in like i feel like this is like the big the the most exciting thing in my family like even my grandparents who live next door like we're like oh did you see that pothole it's been filled in now that was there for two months and now it's filled in it's great like it's like the most exciting thing <laughs> especially it's like on my road i feel like i know where all the potholes are so i kind of like feel like i'm doing a little bit of a slalom going around but it's one of those roads where it's like a country lane where there's enough room because there's verges that you can pass another car like just about but I'd say it's pretty much like single track. In the US you would be like that as 100% single track because we have such tiny windy roads over here in the UK. Not quite like Devon and Cornwall roads, oh my goodness, they are like especially in Devon I feel like it's literally road and then hedges. There is no area to like, you have to reverse back loads if you come in contact with another car or even a tractor oh my goodness so i'm very grateful that i have a reversing camera on my car um anyway back to this pothole my dad obviously went in the pothole just like the tire just went bang apparently so um he drove back home because he was like look it's not far it will be all right i can't just abandon my car here at 4 45 a.m so um we ended up going in my car instead so that's the first thing where we were like okay Day's not quite gone off to a great start. And then the second thing was, um, there was a closure on the road. I think it was on the motorway. I think it was the M25. We were driving along and we were like, la di da di da like, okay, we're a little bit later because of, you know, the car fiasco, but it's okay. We're gonna still get there on time. And then we saw this big thing up on, you know, like on motorways, they have those big screens and um, it kind of says, like basically I was gonna say notifications but I was gonna say you know the motorway notifications that's a very weird way of describing it but um if this says like if there's been a car crash or I don't know if a junction's goes anyway it was saying that the two the junction that we were supposed to come off or one of the junction anyway something important where we were going was closed and we were like oh my goodness if we are gonna have to do like a full on like this is such a like a it's like not a big problem at all. Like this is such a, you know, um, people have much greater problems than this in their life. But we were just like, oh, the drama of, you know, having that happen. And then the junction being closed and we're like, oh my goodness, what more could go wrong on this trip? Um, and as you know, this was all before like 6 a.m. I'm saying here. Um, but luckily we managed to, you know, finesse our way through because as soon as we got to the, because we were like, oh, do we, like, wh where do we go off? I was, like, looking on my phone all the different, like, other routes that we could go in case, you know, it wasn't happening. So, luckily, well, okay, well, we could see some cars ahead. And we're like, okay, we'll carry on going. And they just opened up the road. So, you could kind of say the puncture was a blessing in disguise. Because if we were, like, 15 minutes earlier, we would have had to go on a long old route the other way. Because I think they were basically redoing the road overnight. And then they were just opening it up first thing in the morning. So, you never know, that could have... I always think when something bad happens like this, this is such like a weird thing to think, but I think if that like bad thing didn't happen, like, I don't know, getting a puncture or 
the times I've got to the bottom of the driveway and I'm like, oh, I've forgotten my bag or my purse or something like that, I have to turn around and go back and grab it. I think, what would have happened? Like, something really bad could have happened to me if I didn't do that. Like, I could have ended up in a car accident or something if I didn't go back and get my bag or, you know, that puncture didn't happen. So I always think, like, you never know. Could have been a blessing in disguise. Um, but yeah, we arrived there, got there, and then we were like, all oh, right, okay. We've got our, um, so the way it works when you kind of work as press for a show is you have a, um, you normally go to the media centre, which is kind of where everybody goes and has their cameras and their laptops set up and kind of has like their work station slash desk and um, you get given like a Wi-Fi password and so you get free Wi-Fi and sometimes if you're at a really nice media centre, like I think some of the FEI media centres we went to, they had like unlimited Diet Coke and coffee and tea and water and sometimes if you're really lucky they bring out biscuits i think it was the longines global champions tour they had like red velvet cookies every day they were really good um just like this is such like a weird thing i feel like i'm so good at something that me and my dad do or me and my family do because we go to so many service stations with my job i actually rank different service stations and i have them all like written down on my phone of like which ones my favorites are which i feel like is really sad but when you go to a lot of service stations they're all kind of the same but different like it's really weird it's like you know when you've kind of been like you're in a dream and you're dreaming of somewhere and it's not quite that place but it feels like but you know it's that place i always have that with theme parks some reason i always dream about theme parks but anyway that's what it's like at service station it's like i feel like i've been here before it's exactly the same like even sometimes the exact same layout but there are just different shops in the kind of shop areas if that makes sense but um anyway what was I talking about? Service stations? Oh, media centres. So I feel like I should probably start ranking media centres because I've been to so many. Um, but in order to get to the media centre, you need to get into the show. Now, um, we had to go to kind of like the ticket box office and show our kind of things being like, our, because our media press accreditation kind of stuff was all in the media centre and obviously we had to get into the show to get to that. So we went to this lady and we were like, oh, like we have our like printed out like, invitation but normally they send stuff through the post but it ended up being a little bit last minute and all that kind of stuff so we're like can you let us in please so i had to like get my little driver's license out and id to show that my name on the letter matched my name on my card and then um we were like oh no this is going to be like such a faff and then guy at the gate he um recognized me from the london international horse show and he was like girl i know like to the security be like don't worry i know these peeps they can come on through so we're like great so that, that was another sort of thing where, it, to be fair, that was, wasn't a problem at all, but that was another thing where we're like, are we going to be like let in? Or is this going to be allowed? Like just with our kind of like piece of paper that we had that didn't, that was, it was official, but it probably looked a little bit on the dodgy side. Like who are these people trying to like get in with this like, little piece of paper here? It was also the last day on the Sunday. And I feel like if you go at the beginning of the show, you're there, like obviously all the f photographers I know really well and I'm friends with and that kind of thing, but all the kind of security, because there's a lot of places that we kind of go as press that um, general public aren't allowed, which is really, really cool, which I'm so lucky to say is my job. Um, so for example, there's um, a thing called a moat around the edge of the arena and that's where we kind of stand. Um, so often like there's like little moat areas that you can go in which are like in the corners and they 
often have like the big live streaming um, cameras there as well. Obviously you have to make sure you don't get in front of them. That would not be good. But um, yeah, that was pretty much what we were doing at Windsor. We were doing lots of social media. So saw some really cool defenders for the first, well, not for the first time, but getting actually to like sit in them and look inside was just really good fun. I always love like sitting in really fancy horse boxes, really fancy cars at horse shows. I feel like it's just such a little fun thing to do. You can sit in there and pretend it's yours. Um, although I can actually say that with my horse box. Before, I've never been able to say that, but thanks to um, Bloomfields and Aquito horse boxes, I sit in and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like my one, but in a different colour. So that is still very much a pinch me moment, which I'm so, so grateful to say. Um, but yeah, that was Windsor, really. It was really cool seeing all the showing classes. I felt like Windsor was busier with me seeing like you guys than I was at badminton. Like so many of you came up and said hi, which was really, really lovely. I always feel like, I also feel like my older audience kind of saw me at Windsor as well. Like there was quite a lot of you came up and said that you really enjoyed the podcast. So thank you very much. You know who you are. Um, but yeah, so that, that was, oh, I had a really good fun time. We were there a long time actually um because by the time I finished like filming everything I then got to edit and upload it to like my Instagram do all my stories and all my reels we ended up doing like three main grid posts as well on that day so I was there editing on my computer oh my gosh my laptop my laptop was hating me that day you know when you get the little rainbow going round and round on your mouse um yeah my laptop was it was like girl this is intense, like my laptop isn't used to doing that much intense work, like it's a really good laptop, it's like top of the range Mac because obviously I use it for work all the time and it needs to be up to strength for, you know, editing in 4K and all that kind of stuff on Final Cut Pro. Um, so I was like, okay, that's something that I really do need to invest my money into when it comes to filming gear, because filming gear is expensive, oh my goodness. Um, but anyway, um, my laptop was not having a good time because the main computers that we use for editing are the Macs that have the like, what, I've forgotten what they're called, but it's not like the normal kind of like MacBook Pro or Mac Air, I always forget which one's which. Studio. Like, studio. We, <laughs> thank you, we edit on the Mac Studio so it's like a separate little box to the screen and um, luckily that box doesn't sound like it's gonna be an aeroplane taking off like my laptop did <laughs> when we were at Windsor so um, yeah the laptop doesn't have as much kind of oomph and power to it as my other ones so even though I was only editing a reel not even a full-on YouTube video it was it was it was taking its time but um, yeah we, we were at the show from 7.30 in the morning till 7.30 in the evening or 7.30 p.m. So that was a 12 hour work day. It was a lot, but it was really good fun. Oh my goodness, I was absolutely knackered afterwards. I had a um, big old sleep that night. You know when you have like a really good sleep where it's like a full on deep sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you're a bit disorientated and you don't really know where you are. I had one of those sleeps and it was really good. Um, so yeah, the next thing that I'm gonna be talking about is my trip away to Cornwall, which I feel like, I don't know what it is. I always feel bad when I talk about going away on holidays on here because I don't know, I feel like I don't, I don't actually go on holiday that much. Last time I went on holiday, was Norway and that was beginning of the year which I know like I'm so grateful to say that 
I've been on holiday, but like for me, I prefer to go on lots of little holidays rather than going on like a week holiday. I don't know what it is, but a week holiday feels too much for me. Like I feel, I, I don't know what it is. Like as soon as it gets to like maybe day four or five, I'm itching to get back home in the sense that like I miss the horses. I want to go and ride the horses. Um, I really, actually the only time I didn't feel that that much was in South Africa and Botswana because I was riding horses. So maybe that's what it is. Um, but also, like, and also I was working out there. So it was kind of like a working holiday, if that makes sense. Cause I was still like filming. And I think that's also what I missed. I missed like working as in, like filming my videos, editing, posting on my socials. Although recently, I, when I've been going away, I have kind of been posting on my socials as well, keeping you guys updated. Because I feel like a lot of you have been really enjoying my sort of non-horsey content lately, especially like, well, I mean the podcast, I barely talk, I talk about things around horses, I guess. But that's why I kind of decided to call it my country life rather than like my equestrian life. Because I just talk about anything and everything really, as you know from the podcast, I'm very good at going off topic, like my ranking service stations um but when I go on holiday I don't know I yeah so I prefer to go on like little city getaways or little getaways for like kind of like a long weekend like when we went to Norway we only went for three days and stayed only like two nights so we all managed to get like the Friday off I think it was and we were back by Sunday Sunday night ready for work on the Monday um but also I think my boyfriend likes that as well he doesn't like having time away from his business so um it works out quite well we have like a little bit of a getaway where we go and do something fun have a bit of a rest and recoup and then by the time we are back home we are both like on it we are ready ready to I don't know I feel like it's I'm really lucky to say that when I do go on holiday I kind of want to come home because it obviously shows that you know I'm very lucky to have Lots of things that I love at home, if that's my work, my family, um, my horses. I feel like horses are the best thing when it comes to going on holiday. You always want to come home to them and give them cuddles and just like little things. Like I miss their smell. I love the smell of horses. I feel like with your own horses, you kind of don't smell them as much anymore. It's like with your house. When I first moved into the cottage, I was like, oh, wow, this is like what my cottage smells like. And now I've, I've kind of lost its smell. Or when you've been on holiday for a really long time and then you get in your house and you're like, oh, my house has a smell. It smells like home. And then you kind of get used to it. But yeah, I feel like I feel like other horses smell more. Back when the London International Horse Show was at Olympia, I don't know what it is, but Olympia has a smell. Please tell me I'm not the only one. But Olympia, I feel like I keep like asking you guys to like tell me things. Um, so if you are watching, I know you from audio listeners you're watching on all the different platforms but if you're watching on youtube sorry listening i'm so good at saying watching because that's what i'm used to still um but if you're listening or watching on youtube then please be sure to comment and let me know if you know what i mean by other horses have more of a scent um but yeah anyway at olympia i feel like it's got such a scent because it smells of horse but it's not your horse and it's like a warmth because it, obviously it was all heating it's, it's an inside show but I feel like that smells I don't know it just has a smell and it <laughs> brings me back um I feel like also the things that really smell like summer to me uh hoof oil that smells really good and like fly spray I think the reason why hoof oil makes me think of summer is because the only time I'd really use hoof oil would be doing like summer shows as a kid or doing pony club where like tack and turn I have to be looking all posh and fancy so hoof oil does make me think of summer too especially pony club camp that was like the time where I probably used hoof oil the most um now I use more of like a hoof 
ointment or hoof paste because it's supposed to be good for their hooves. I mean, it, it looks like it's been doing good. My farrier says, you know what? I feel like their hooves have improved. So uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know if it's actually the hoof ointment that I've just like bought online or if it's actually, you know, maybe their diet's got better because there's more stuff in the grass or... I don't know, it's like one of those kind of things. Like it could be so many different other things or maybe like Joey's hooves just aren't as dry as they are because we've had a really wet spring. Oh my gosh, this spring has been so wet, but I feel like I've gone on about that so much. Um, British people things, just talking about the weather all the time. Anyway, back to my trip away. I'm gonna, I feel like I've talked all about other things, but not the trip. That's I'm so good at going off topic. Anyway, um, so this trip I did not know about at all. Um, it was for our anniversary and um, my parents, I don't know why I didn't clock this, I feel like I was very, I feel like I'm very oblivious to things so that's like surprises or actually I, I feel like there haven't been many surprises. I was surprised for my birthday last year when I came back from my trip away from Rome for my 21st. I came back and all of my friends and family were at home and they surprised me when I walked through the door. So I was there like proper sweaty. You know when you've just been traveling on a plane and you're a bit tired and like, I don't know, like feeling a bit greasy. And I was like, oh, all of my friends and family here. But no, it was really lovely. And like, you know, they're my friends and family. I don't care that I'm looking, you know, or not feeling my best. But no, that was honestly so sweet. Like they were all there and we had cake and Oh, that was really lovely. That's bringing me back. It's, oh my gosh. I've just realised it's my birthday in two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Less than two weeks? Oh, that's crazy. That feels weird. Thing is, I always forget that my birthday is coming up because my birthday is in June and it's like beginning of June, the 2nd of June. So the whole time in May, I'm like, oh, it's not my birthday month yet. It's not my birthday. I don't really think about it. And then suddenly 1st of June, I'm like, oh, it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're not the biggest family or like biggest birthday kind of family. Like we don't always have like a huge party or anything like that when it's someone's birthday. Like we'll go, we'll do something nice. We'll have a nice meal or something. That's kind of it. We don't like splash out on like presents or anything like that either. It's kind of just like a time where everyone kind of comes together. I'm actually having a joint birthday party this year with my grandma, um, which is really cute. So having like all my uncle and aunt, my uncle and auntie and my cousins and everyone coming. Um, so that'll be sweet. I mean, it's more, it was more my grandma's birthday actually. And then I'm kind of, my mum's like, you're away for your birthday. So, oh yeah, I'm going away again. <laughs> so that, but that's actually not for my birthday. It's for my boyfriend's birthday. who's also very soon, but that just happened to be the time where we could all get work off because I'm going with his family as well. Um, so I'm not actually, well, I, I don't actually know where I'm going for that. That is another surprise. Um, his mum did say that she's gonna tell me where it is a week before. So I'm gonna probably ask her now because she was like, that would stress me out, not knowing where I was going, like making sure that I've got everything for the trip. So um, I feel like I'm being such like a, a part-timer here. I'm going on two holidays within like a, a month. Yeah, within two weeks. So um, yeah, that's quite exciting. So at the moment I'm kind of in like frantic. That's another reason why I don't go away very much. I kind of go into like frantic going away mode. So I'll probably film like a few more podcasts at some stage, maybe not today, but I will make sure that I have a podcast ready to go while I'm away. I'll have like YouTube videos ready, Instagram reels, all that kind of stuff just so then like I'm prepared so I feel like before I go away I work twice as hard so when I'm away 
I have no work to do and then when I get back I kind of work twice as hard to catch up where I've kind of missed please tell me I'm not the only person who does this I don't know if that's just you know being an adult what being an adult is like or you know working for you it's probably a working for yourself kind of thing isn't it um so now I'm really looking forward to that trip still don't know where we're going it's not one of those mystery ones where you book it and like they tell you to, like the airline or whatever just randomly is like everyone on the, the trip doesn't know where they're going kind of thing they've his parents have booked it so they're the one that are keeping it a mystery I feel like everyone knows like his brother and his brother's girlfriend knows um I feel like my parents know even like my best friend knows and I'm like me and him no idea anyway our trip to Cornwall so he told me like a few days before and my that was actually blocked out saying that my parents were going away and I just thought I thought to myself oh that's a bit annoying you know they're going away during our anniversary and this is how far in advance like he booked it he booked it back in January I think because in January he um he was like oh I saw this really good like sale on or this deal on and um I'll buy you I've bought you a wetsuit in your favorite color because it was on sale and I bought myself one as well like because I was in the market for a new wetsuit and I knew you didn't really have one like I definitely had wetsuits growing up as a kid but it's one of those things that I've just never had since being an adult um like I was such like a water baby as a kid like would always go I, I was gonna say eh, like we live near the sea but I feel like I was just such a feral child like I if we went to the sea and I really wanted to swim in the sea I would just go in my knickers like I remember one April I'm talking about proper English sea here in April which I just remember it being like a sunny day and we went to the sea to go and have like a fish and chips and I remember being like oh I really wish I could swim in the sea and my mum was like you can just go in your knickers and I was like all right then so little sort of seven-year-old me just went swimming in my pants so there we go but anyway so um he told me like a, literally like a few days before like he was like oh I really wanted to like pack a bag for you because at the moment I'm still in this weird situation where half of my clothes are upstairs in my loft and the other half were at my house so he was like I probably could just like steal some clothes and put them in a bag without me really noticing being like oh where's that top gone um but no he did tell me in the end because I felt like my parents backup story for where they were going away didn't really work out it wasn't matching up and I didn't even realize this I didn't even think about this I was like that's I was like them being away that's like their thing oh, that's not for me to worry about I don't know what's happening with them but um anyway yeah I got told that we were going on holiday and at first like I felt like most people were like oh wow I'm going on holiday but at first I was like but that's when mum and dad are away who's gonna look after the horses <laughs> like that was the first thing I said um but when I realized he was like no 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 no, they're not going away so you knew that you weren't doing any work then and my dad was like like we were, me and my dad were both in like okay he's going away or I thought he was going away it was me going away I was like okay I need to get all this kind of stuff done before then um but yeah so we had a we woke up again at 4am sorry I'm actually going to get to like what we did on our holiday now um we woke up at 4am drove all the way to Cornwall which is a very long journey um we're pretty east and Cornwall is pretty west so we pretty much did like the whole width of the UK it feels like and um yeah that was it was probably about six hours I want to say six hours with no traffic um luckily I am very good at sleeping in cars as you know so my boyfriend very kindly drove all the way on the way there woke, woke up at four I mean he's used to waking up four anyway like that's normally his wake up time like probably a little bit later than that but still um so I just went back to sleep in the car I'm such a horrible passenger I was like is that all right he's like yeah it's fine I'll just listen to a podcast so I slept most of the way to Cornwall and we got there probably I want to say 
half 10, 11 o'clock? I want to say 11 o'clock. And um, our Airbnb wasn't even ready yet, so we walked down to the beach, had some fish and, had a fish and chips, that was lovely. Um, then walked back. Oh no, then we hired our surfboards. No, I can't remember which order we did. We walked back, basically it was like a five, 10 minute-ish walk from where we were staying in Newquay in Cornwall to where the kind of bit beach was. We were at, is it Fistral Beach? I want to say. I'm really bad at pronouncing things, so if I pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry to all my... I was going to say Cornwall Cornwallians. That is not... That is people from Cornwall. You know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know why I came up with that little nickname. It sounds quite fun, though. It sounds like something in, like, Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm a Cornwallian. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, I learnt to surf for the very first time. Uh, I'm, I was about to say... I've done surfing before. I have never done surfing before. I've done bodyboarding before. That's a bit, it's a bit like me saying, it's, it's, it's a bit like when non-horsey people be like, oh yeah, I know how to ride a horse. I rode a horse at a friend's fifth birthday party and was led around. Like, no, you don't know how to ride a horse. You've sat on a horse before. Or be like, oh yeah, like I used to ride when I was like seven. I had like a year's worth of lessons, but I have no core strength or anything like that, or muscle memory or anything like that to do with horse riding, but I know how to ride a horse. Like I know how to, you know, squeeze my legs and pull on the reins. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit more to that. It's like, that's one of the, like my pet peeves when like non-horse people say that they're, they know how to ride a horse because they rode a horse once and then they go on like a riding holiday. And that's the reason why so many riding holidays are like, you can only walk and trot because they're worried like somebody who's only ridden once says that they can ride and they go for a canter and then fall off and sue them. Um, but anyway, um, I was gonna say, but I am a very, I'm a very strong swimmer, like, I've always loved swimming, like, I think I had lessons on how to swim, like, before I turned one as a baby, I went to baby swimming, and I don't even know what you really do at baby swimming, you just kind of hold the baby and they just get used to being in the water, floating about and go under the water, I guess, and I don't know. Anyway, I've, I've always, I can't remember not knowing how to swim, like, I've always been a swimmer. Um, I used to actually have like proper like swimming lessons and everything and um, I got to the stage where they're like oh we want you to do like swimming competitively and I was like no I don't do that so um, but anyway um, we well, I kind of talked previously about how we lived in Australia for three months so that was three months that we lived in Australia whenever we were by the coast I was in the sea I loved it I loved snorkeling I still love snorkeling um, not really something that we can do off the side of, you know, Brighton Pier, is it? I mean, we probably could, but I don't know if there's much really to see there. I mean, I'm sure some people go diving. There must be some, like, interesting, like, shipwrecks and things on that bit of coast, like, because of, um, that's where they had all the boats in the Second World... So it was Second or First World War? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back to what I was saying. I've always loved swimming, um, and I did a lot of bodyboarding, but I was eight. So I'm not going to say I'm a surfer or anything like that, because I will sound like one of those people that say they know how to ride horses. Um, but I was pretty, I was all right, as an eight, as eight-year-olds go, I was pretty good at my bodyboarding. I remember once me and my dad, we went so far out to sea that the lifeguards were like, um, can you come back in, please? You're quite, you're quite far out and we can't really see you. And I think, I can't remember if we got got 
sort of taken out by a riptide um but if you ever get taken out by a riptide basically what it feels like is you try and swim to where the shore is but you can't and the water or the waves like, are kind of pushing you out so if you ever get stuck in a riptide this is one thing my mum double checked with me that I knew what to do when we went to Cornwall she was like what do you do if you get stuck in a riptide and what you're supposed to do is swim sideways because you kind of have to swim around the riptide and then you can go in if you just try and swim against these waves pushing you out it's not gonna work but something that I did learn when learning to surf oh my goodness it is more than you could ever imagine when it comes to a workout when I tell you by the second day my arms felt like jelly I cannot explain to you I felt like I'd been in some sort of car crash or something like I just lost all my energy like I even just sitting up like getting off the sofa and using my arms to push me up oh my goodness I felt it was I don't know I don't know how else to describe it I was just absolutely knackered um so yeah learning to surf I actually like my boyfriend's had he's uh, he's he's gonna be like no I am no way at all surfer but he's had a few like surfing lessons before like his family go to Cornwall every few summers kind of thing like he's been to Cornwall quite a lot of times before so um he kind of taught me the basics and I've watched some surfing videos in life <laughs> I feel like it's one of those things like you should not learn like definitely don't learn how to swim by watching YouTube videos or something like that but you know I can I was like looking at what they were doing I was trying to take in my inner surfer girl and um so he taught me how to do like the little pop-up and I tell you what, the first day, the waves were better than the second day. The first day, I was having a blast. Like, we were going out there. I was, do you know what? I'm very, I was actually all right. I managed to probably, like, this really doesn't sound very good. Like, anyone who's looking from a surfer is like, that is not long. The whole time I was surfing for, like, the two and a half hours that we were there on the first day, I managed to stand up for probably a total of about 13 seconds. Now, that is actually quite a long time. <laughs> like, within two hours, you're like, girl, 13 seconds, what are you going on about? But most of the time, you're probably, you're swimming against these waves to get out, and then you kind of wait for a wave, and you're like, no, 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 you kind of back out, and you're like, no, 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 not gonna go for that one, and then you see a big one coming, and sometimes you're swimming along, and you see a big one coming, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna get wiped out by that unless I go for it. So you have to spin your board around, do a little paddle, 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 and then um, as soon as like kind of the waves in you, I think that's the best way to describe it. If you're a surfer, I'm really sorry. This is like a beginner trying to ex <laughs> trying to explain like what I was doing. This might be totally wrong. And then you kind of like supposed to do like, like your little pop up. So you're supposed to kind of push yourself up. That's why my arms were aching so much onto your feet and then stand up. Now, what I was actually really good at was not holding onto the board. Like I feel like my core strength and my balance from horse riding meant that I was very good at not holding onto the board and like getting up. But the thing that I was not scared of, but for some reason I just never did, that I really needed to work on was popping up onto my feet rather than popping up onto my knees. Um, so I popped up onto my knees a few times just to kind of get used to it because obviously balance, that kind of thing is probably a little bit easier on your knees. Somebody's going to be like, no, you have way more grip on your feet. Don't do that, girl. But that's what I was taking to start with. And then I kind of went into the, I'm going to call it the proposal position where I was standing up and I kind of <laughs> was on one knee and then one foot. So I was like sliding along the waves, kind of almost like I was not bowing, but 
also when I first started I obviously did it on my chest kind of like a I was gonna say a body board but I feel like the cool surfer term is a boogie board I don't know if that's an American term or not but I've always called it body boarding but I heard I've heard a lot of people call it boogie boarding as well because um they have like the lifeguard kind of um flags and there was a little sign being like you can boogie board here and you can surf here like between different flags but anyway um I was kind of on my on my chest holding on and what I had what I realized was not the thing to do was don't put too much weight because I'm very good at doing this with my riding especially with Dee from the Dynamic Performance Hub who I work with a lot for like my position I feel like my position has definitely improved a lot in the last sort of year or two that I've been working with her but um I always put my weight forward I do the same thing when I'm skipping that's another thing that I realized I feel like I just put all my weight forward which isn't great when um you know you're doing dressage or you're jumping you don't really want to get on a horse's neck so I've been really focusing on sitting up but anyway when I was surfing what was I doing I was leaning forward and then the sort of tip of the surfboard right at the top went into the water and I kind of did like a 360. I did a full on wiped out sand in my mouth and my hair and my, I don't know, places I don't want to talk about. <laughs> I feel like when you go to the beach there's just sand everywhere. Um, but yeah, I was properly wiped out. I had like seawater down my nose down my mouth I'm, I'm i mean i'm normally very good at like blowing bubbles out my nose so i don't get water in my nose but i felt like i'd been in a washing machine it was not good so i learned very quickly not to put too much weight at the um top of the surfboard if not like the tip will go into the water and it will not be good um but by the end of it i've managed to stand up a few times and i was very proud of myself it is quite addicting though i feel like that is the best sport for like if you just really want to get your fitness up oh my goodness but also like core strength as well and because you're doing an activity i feel like i don't know what it is like don't get me wrong i love going to the gym um but i feel like it can be quite boring i feel like it's quite i find it really interesting if you're like doing things and you're like oh i managed to do more things than i did last time like i always like to feel like i'm improving or feel like i've got a target or something that i want to work towards um so doing surfing i felt like every time i was like oh i want to try and stand on the board longer i want to try and stand on it properly so i i can really imagine how addicting it is and it just like Cornwall I've got to say like, I feel like I can't believe I haven't said this yet but it is such a beautiful area and I can really un like I was just looking at all the locals because we were there like quite early in the mornings before we were quite lucky actually we managed to get there early in the mornings while the kind of locals were there before all the tourists kind of came in um and also definitely on the Friday as well because I feel like there weren't as many tourists there we also went at a really good time being like end of May because it's not like the kids have broken up from school yet um but also it wasn't as busy I mean, we had a beautiful weekend for it. Full sunshine all day, so very, very lucky with that. But yeah, learning to surf was a lot more difficult than expected. Also, the second day, I felt like the waves weren't as good, especially for me. Um, I think my boyfriend found it all right because he's that bit taller than me, so when the waves come and hit you, he could kind of sink his feet or claw his feet into the sand so he didn't get pushed back as much, but... I couldn't really reach the bottom as much so when a wave kind of hit me and it wasn't one that I was going to take back to shore it really pushed me back so it felt like every three meters I managed to kind of swim forward with my board um I got pushed back too so it took me a really long time to get out and I feel like the second day the waves just weren't as good you would like be like I was all ready I was like ready I was like popped up wave went and it would probably push me about three meters and then I'd just not sink on my board, but you know what I mean? Like the wave had gone, like the energy had gone, like, and it just went really quickly. So I can really like 
now I feel like one of those server dudes being like, oh yeah, the waves are really good yesterday, today, not so much, like, I don't know, I can, after that we watch loads of videos on YouTube of like surfing in different countries and oh my goodness, some of the waves there looked really cool, so I'd love to do more surfing at some stage, I'm definitely nowhere at all a surfer, don't really, I think it'd be quite dangerous to probably do it where we are, maybe like, I don't know, I don't even think the waves would be good in the, I mean I've swam in the sea a lot of the times in the summer, but I feel like, no, not for surfing where we are, especially as we have quite pebbly beaches. So you can imagine if you got, if I got, you know, in the tumble dryer or washing machine kind of effect where I got wiped out, having a stone hit you in the head, ooh, that would be painful. Probably come out with those little bruises and things. Um, so after our two days of surfing, um, we were like, okay, third day, let's have a chill day. And actually where we were staying was a five minute walk away from this estuary. Um, and he brought his paddle board. So we went paddle boarding, which was really fun. And then, um, the tide went out so much, or basically all the water in the um, estuary. We actually had our breakfast down there, had a little cup of tea and a flask, which was really good. Um, and then, yeah, by the time we left, there was actually no water left. Um, so I kind of took a bit of a bit of a backseat on that paddle boarding. I, I mean, I probably paddled like for the first five minutes and then um, he kind of paddled the rest because my arms were like jelly. I was like, I'm normally like a very fit and like, let's go kind of person, but I was like, mate, I am, I am not in a good way, like my arms are killing. So um, actually we went for a little bit of an explore really, we went, then we found a little footpath, went for a little walk down there, had a little kind of chill on the beach and actually while we were chilling on the beach, um, as we saw kind of the water go away, or I say the beach, the river bed or the estuary bed, um, I thought, oh, what's this woman doing over here? And there was this um, lady and she was setting out a dressage test on the bed of the river when all the water had gone. So I guess like, you know, a beach is like, uh, I always think a beach is like the world's largest sand school or arena. So they, they were putting that to good news. I was like, oh my goodness, I would love to do that with my horses. They set out, like at first I was like, oh, I don't know if those letters are in the right place. Maybe she's not doing a dressage test because where we were sitting, it looked like A was next to um, K. When I, well it is next to it but it's kind of like at a right angle it looked like it was all in one line um, so I was like oh this is a bit confusing and then I realised where we were standing it was just the angle but also I was a bit confused by some of the other letters because it was a long dressage arena and I'm very used to a short dressage arena um, I'm actually very excitingly doing a show on Joey this week so probably in my next podcast I'll be talking about that it'll either be great it'll either be bad or maybe it'll just be neutral um, but yeah, I was very confused at first and then I saw some horses having a little dressage lesson on the estuary and it was a long one as well. That's the one thing, I have never done a long dressage test before because our arena isn't big enough and I feel like I wouldn't want to do a dressage test unless I've like at least ridden it. Like I could probably learn it, it looks a little bit more confusing but I mean I could go do an arena hire before I guess and then go and do it but anywho, maybe one day for the future. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh wow, I'd love to do that, a little ride on, the maybe next time I go to the beach to bring some letters with me, I'd probably set it out completely wrong and not in the right place, and then the tide will come in by the time I've set out my letters and they'll get all washed away, because um, our kind of beach where we are, it's pebble most of the time, and then when the kind of tide goes out, it's sandy, which is nice, so that's why I can do my little cantering and galloping on there. I actually really want to take the horses back to the beach, I mean, it's one of those things where you have to time it really well, like with the tides and what time the tides are, because we quite like to go first thing in the morning before it gets busy because a lot of other people take their horses there as well um 
but anyway, yeah, that was great fun. I mean, I'm 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 gonna say like I'm a little little bit nervous about my dressage test with Joey because we haven't been to like a, a dressage we I mean we haven't been to a show since before his injury. Um and it's also some not the normal place that we go to. I mean I've done dressage there once before, but it will be in the outdoor arena rather than the indoor one. I think they use the indoor one for like the warm-up and then the outdoor arena for I mean they have three they have th two outdoor arenas but like the big outdoor arena they'll have like lots of little different dressage tests going on at once so hopefully that won't be too distracting for Joey having like other horses doing a test next to him um and also being outside and in an arena he's not been in many times before um and also being our first show back but you know what it's one of those things where I'm like it's our first show back so no pressure at all if we do horribly, I can be like, it's his first show back, you know, like before I was like, he's a baby horse, and now I'm like, it's his first show back since his injury, can't really pull the baby horse card anymore, um, and it's also quite a big class as well, so, and also, um, it's a unaffiliated and an affiliated show, so there'll be some people there that do, that have like a British dressage membership, um, so they'll be proper, you know, do this every weekend, um, pay a lot of money for their membership and things and um, probably the judges recognise them and I don't know like I'm I'm going out there unaffiliated just doing one test because the other one was a long one and I was like I can't learn that um, so we will see how it goes you never know Joey I feel like he might he's gonna feel more energetic more you know impulsive impulsion kind of I don't know I feel like he's gonna be on his toes a little bit because it's going to be a bit of a different environment than what we're used to. All the dressage tests I've done with him before have been like an indoor arena where he feels very safe and enclosed. Although some horses are a bit more spooky in indoors, so we will see. Um, but yeah, if it does go well, that's great. If it does go bad, like a fall off, good YouTube content. And if it just goes meh, then could have been worse, you know? <laughs> so either way, I'm going to take everything positively, think of it in a positive kind of way. Anyway, Cornwall, I had a really incredible time. It was so beautiful. Um, I've been there once before, but I was eight, so it was quite a long time ago. It's one of those things where you can remember it, but I couldn't remember all the places I'd been to or what they were called or that kind of thing. Um, also, I think one of the reasons why we were so lucky slash had a good trip was because, number one, the weather was so nice, but also we didn't go during peak season, apparently, like, during the summer holidays or peak season. Oh my goodness, I've heard stories about how it being so busy. So I really do feel kind of bad for the locals when it does get really busy and like with all the tourists. But I guess it's also income. It's one of those things where it's kind of tricky. Um, so yeah, um, thank you much. Thank you very much to all the Cornwallians or people from Cornwall for, you know, learning me into... Oh yeah, I was trying to... I was thinking about this because sometimes before I do a podcast, I kind of think about... Well, like, I don't... I never script my podcast because girl how could you script all the times I go off topic but um I kind of like just put down bullet points like oh, I knew I wanted to talk about Windsor or the horse show what it's like to work at a horse show as media and I knew I wanted to talk about like Cornwall what we got up to but um oh my gosh have I got, I've just suddenly gone blank I've never done this before in my, in my podcast what was I going on about all right I can't remember what I was saying now so when I was thinking about you know what I wanted to talk about today and I was thinking about Cornwall I was like how am I going to explain what Cornwall is like to my non-English viewers or like my American viewers because I was thinking that's probably the best country to kind of compare it to in a sense I was like it's it's kind of like I was like 
it's kind of like the UK's Australia I think that's the best way to describe it if you can imagine like a really kind of surfy beachy kind of town where everyone's really cool everyone does surfing everyone like you know has their own I, I mean I'm, I'm sure not everyone in Cornwall does surfing I'm I'm really generalizing here um but it just feels like such a cool kind of place such a cool area I was thinking it's I was I was gonna say it's not really like the US is Florida because I was thinking, what has beaches? I wouldn't say it's definitely not Miami vibes. That is like party. That's more like Blackpool, I'd say. That's more like party kind of vibes. I don't know. Um, what would... I was thinking like maybe California. Like if you can imagine like the beaches and stuff. That's I just think of surfer dudes in California. Probably because I'm thinking about like Hollister. And they'd always have like people surfing in the background at their shops, you know, on the big TVs. Is that just me? I don't know. Have I dreamt that up and that was a fever dream? But I feel like that definitely was a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. Maybe it was a thing in like 2013. Um, but then I was thinking maybe Hawaii? But Hawaii, I feel like, I know it's part of the US, but it almost feels like a different country and this is like part of mainland UK. So I'd say kind of, if you can imagine like a very surfy kind of beachy town, that's how I would describe it. So um, anyway, I've probably rambled on again for way too long. I hope you enjoyed hearing what I've been up to recently. And yeah, be sure to look out for the next episode where I'll probably be updating you on how my show with Joey went. So keep my fingers crossed, but hopefully he is a good boy. So thank you so much everybody for listening to today's episode. Also, thank you so much again to Red Post for sponsoring today's podcast or just the podcast in general. I hope you all have a great day and thanks for listening. Bye.